At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and welcome into this Friday, March 31st edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. A lot to talk about here coming out of opening day and looking ahead to the second day of the Major League Baseball regular season. Only five games on the docket after we had all 30 teams in action on Thursday. They built in some bad weather days. That's why we don't have a lot of games. And in fact, when you look at the games that we do have here today, Miami, Dome, Seattle, Dome, Houston, Dome, and then two games in Southern California where the weather is generally pretty nice. So makes sense what Major League Baseball did with the schedule here for today. But with five games, gives us some time to kind of recap what we saw on opening day. And that'll be the starting point for me here today on the show. Head over to vcin.com where you can check out my daily article. You can also look at the team previews, uh, listen to any of the previous editions here of vcin Daily Baseball Bets. A lot of stuff that's going to have relevance for a while here throughout the course of the season because look you know it's 162 games over 187 days there are a lot of things to know about all of these teams and sometimes you don't see those things in the small sample sizes that we get early on in the season so that will be something you want to keep an eye on and I will do the best I can to kind of refer back to those things as the season goes along Lastly, over at vcin.com, Zach Cohen, my colleague, doing something with MLB player props as well. So you can check that out. I don't really dive into the player prop market. My article is going to be sides, totals, and you know um, run lines every now and then. But if you're interested in that, you can check that out with Zach over at vcin.com. So let's talk about what we saw here on the first day of the Major League Baseball season. Certainly very, very interesting. The games that had runs had a lot of runs. The, the Phillies and Rangers game where you had a total of six and a half with Aaron Nola and Jacob deGrom, both teams on their own go over six and a half runs in that game. The Texas Rangers prevail. Phillies blew a five nothing lead. I thought we were in pretty good shape with the underdog in that one. Five nothing lead. Nola on the mound. They got five off of deGrom. But the fourth inning, things fell apart for the Phillies and they wind up losing that game. 
back and forth game in St. Louis between the Blue Jays and the Cardinals. A lot of offense, a lot of hits in that game, which those are two good lineups for sure. But, you know, those are two decent pitching staffs, too, and two pretty good defensive teams. And it didn't really seem to matter in that game at all whatsoever. The Blue Jays ultimately prevail in that game. But the thing that was the big takeaway to me was, you know, not only how the relief pitching was a little bit shoddy, and the Blue Jays did have some fortunate hits, but just the simple fact that we had 34 hits and 19 runs in that game. So something to keep in mind here before I dive too deep into the second day of the season is that, you know, early season sample sizes, the statistics can be very, very misleading. You know, if you have a bad start, it takes you a while to erase that bad start off of your ledger just because of the sample size. So that'll be something that some of these pitchers kind of have to deal with a little bit early on in the season, where if you have a bad first outing, well, you know, those numbers are going to stick with you for a little while. So don't just look at the basic ERAs and stuff like that. Look at the game logs. You know what? You're going to have pitchers in late April, early May that may have an ERA of 550, something like that. Well, they may have one bad start, one okay start, and three good starts on their resume, and it's hard to overcome some of those really bad starts. So that'll be something that you want to pay attention to. But again, just looking in general here, you know, we had a lot of runs in Baltimore and Boston, you know, a 10-9 game there. But then we also had 3 nothing in the Guardians and Mariners, where all three runs came on a Ty France home run in the eighth inning, where James Karinchak was very, very rattled by the pitch clock. And that's not a big surprise for a guy like Karinchak. You know, he's kind of, uh, we'll call him a quirky dude on the mound. You know, he's got a lot of, um, not ticks, but things he goes through in terms of his routine, kind of flipping the ball around. He did cut his hair, so he's not running his hands through that anymore. But that's a guy that was greatly affected in a leverage situation by the pitch clock. And those will be things that we see as we go forward here. But the crazy thing to me is, you know, I speculated about the increase in offense, and I'll talk about some of the stats with that here in a couple of minutes. But for all these high-scoring games we had, Cleveland got shut out. The Giants got shut out. The Brewers and the Tigers got shut out. The Royals, two-hit shutout on the, at the hands of Pablo Lopez and that Twins bullpen. We had a 3-2 game in Houston between the White Sox and the Astros, a 2-1 game between the Angels and the Athletics. So offense was very hit or miss throughout Major League Baseball yesterday, even though there were some very interesting statistics, largely based on the rule changes. So let's start with stolen bases here. We're on opening day. Base stealers were 21 of 23 on stolen base. 21 of 23. Austin Hedges and Wilson Contreras were the only guys to throw runners out yesterday. Reese McGuire, the catcher for the Red Sox, he was 0 for 5, throwing out Baltimore Orioles runners. So the stolen base, not only was it a lot more prevalent than usual, I mean, 23 stolen base attempts over 15 games, that's pretty high given where we usually are, but guys were remarkably successful. I mean, that's up in the 91% range with stealing bases. So when you looked at a lot of the stolen bases that happened too, not many of them were close. You know, the catchers just don't really have much of a chance when the pitchers can't hold the runners close. So that's definitely something that we'll have to watch as we go forward here. The second thing, and this is maybe the most important, the batting average on balls in play yesterday, 334. Now, again, BABIP, batting average on balls in play, 
batting average when you take home runs and strikeouts out of the equation. Last year on opening day, April 7th, batting average on balls in play, 264. So a 70% or a 70 point increase in batting average on balls in play from one opening day to the next. Now, it is fair to say that the 2022 season was a little bit weird. You had the lockout, you had the abrupt and kind of truncated spring training. But still, that's a massive, enormous difference. And not only that, but I ran a search over at Baseball Savant, which is where StatCast data is housed on the internet. Ground ball batting average last season was 241. Ground ball batting average on opening day, 267. So we saw a 26-point increase in batting average on ground balls. And a lot of that is directly correlated to the absence of the shift. The fact that Major League Baseball outlawed the shift. You can't have three guys on the right side of the infield. You can't have three guys on the left side of the infield. Now you run into a situation where you know these players have been coming up through the minor leagues or have been playing at the MLB level with these shifts and an increase in them on an annual basis over the last six, seven years. You probably don't have a lot of infielders out there with you know, well above average range. And we kind of saw that play out a little bit in yesterday's games where we saw more base hits overall, but did we see more runs? And that's the interesting thing I think we should look at here because the batting average yesterday was 252 overall, but with men in scoring position, teams only batted 240. So we didn't really get a full-fledged uptick in offense because we had more base runners, but the hits weren't exactly coming at the right times. Now, in some games, they did. In some games, we saw, you know, 19 runs in, in Boston. We saw 19 runs in St. Louis. We saw, what was it, 18 runs in Texas. We got the hits there. We got some multi-run homers in those games as well. But that's what this season is largely going to come down to. And I think from a betting standpoint, that makes it really difficult for me and for all of us. Because I've looked at a lot of these games in the past and said, you know what? A lot of this is just based on variance of hitting with men in scoring position. You know, you both get eight at bats. One team goes three for eight. The other team goes two for eight. That may be the difference in the game. And this season, it looks like we're going to have a lot more base runners and a lot more plate appearances with men in scoring position. So it's simply going to come down to which teams cash in in those situations and which teams don't. And you could say that's true of every season, but I think it's magnified this year because of the fact that the shift is gone. And look, I'll say this. Maybe pitchers are starting to adjust already. Yesterday's strikeout percentage, 26.2%. Now, to be fair, we had you know Garrett Cole. We had Jacob deGrom. We had you know aces all over the place. So it makes sense that there would be more strikeouts in that kind of environment. And as I said, the overall strikeout rate, 26.2%. The strikeout rate with men in scoring position, 26.9%. So that was another reason why offense was, or batting average, I should say, was down a little bit with men in scoring position. But this is something that we may see as we go throughout the season. You're going to have pitchers that are looking for more strikeouts because balls in play are going to be that much more hurtful this season with the fact that 
we don't have the shift. I mean, the data is right there. We may not have that extreme of a batting average on balls in play as everything kind of stabilizes a little bit, but it will clearly be higher than previous seasons. Batting average will be higher than previous seasons. So these pitchers may have to adjust a little bit and try to go for more strikeouts or maybe pitch up in the zone a little bit more and try for more fly balls. So those are adjustments that I'll be following as the season goes along, not only on a league-wide level, but also on a pitcher-wide level. And one of the things I talked about yesterday on the show on, on Thursday's edition of Visa and Daily Baseball Bets was kind of thinking about fading the ground ball guys, you know, looking to go against some of those ground ball starters. And to some degree, it worked with Sandy Alcantara, where the Mets did win that game 5-3. to three. They blew a 3 nothing lead. Uh, did wind up winning the game. You know, Alcantara only had a couple of strikeouts. The Mets put a lot of balls in play. Maybe teams will get a little bit more aggressive early in the count, trying to avoid those two-strike situations where pitchers can get strikeouts. But then you also look at a guy like Marcus Stroman. Marcus Stroman was phenomenal for the Cubs yesterday. Six shutout innings, only gave up three hits, struck out eight, walked three. He had a bunch of ground balls, as he usually does. Seven ground ball outs against two fly ball outs. And, you know, it they the balls were just hit at people. That's still going to happen. But I still think that overall it may be profitable to fade some of these high ground ball guys, but it maybe wasn't yesterday in some cases. Maybe it won't be today. Maybe it won't be tomorrow. There's still going to be a certain level of unknown with those guys. But again, just to recap what happened here on opening day, Batting average on balls in play up 70 points. Batting average on ground balls up 26 points, according to StatCast. And the biggest thing was teams just didn't hit with men in scoring position. And I will say that, you know, when you're thinking about this long term, and this is something that I will do, and I'll probably try to update this on a weekly or a biweekly basis, looking at performance with runners in scoring position and trying to pick on the outliers, teams that are doing really poorly, that may not continue, especially if they're good lineups. So those will be times where we try to find some play on teams in those types of situations. And again, a lot of learning to be done with these rules, with the adjustments that pitchers and teams make from year to year. You know, this baseball is not really a linear progression sport. You have a lot of ups and downs and peaks and valleys and a lot of situations where teams are just trying to do different things. And everybody right now is fighting with this idea of what to do about the shift and how to better prepare their pitchers for it. And it takes some time to get data that's meaningful, data that's significant. But what we have seen in terms of the immediate returns is that more ground balls are absolutely going to go for hits. More stolen base attempts are absolutely going to be successful. And there's going to be more opportunities with men in scoring position. And when I look up and down the card here for Thursday, and again, there are only five games, it doesn't really seem like the totals have adjusted too much. And I think that for those of us betting this on a daily basis, the fact that overs were only eight and seven yesterday, despite this big increase in ground ball batting average and batting average in balls in play, to me, I think that's a good thing because the books are going to read and react if they're getting burned. If they're not getting burned, they're going to kind of stay with status quo a little bit, and they'll let the betting market decide where these totals should go. When you look at today's games, it's almost seven and a half across the board or eight under minus 120. 
to me, I think this offensive environment that we we saw on opening day, when you had all these ace starting pitchers out there, I think this does breed the opportunity for more run scoring. So my hope is that we continue to have a situation where maybe some games are really high scoring, some games are really low scoring. The overall record of totals isn't really swung too badly one way or the other. And if we can find the spot plays, that's something where I think we have a good opportunity. And with that in mind, there is an over that I like today. It's the only play that I put in my article over at vsin.com today. That is the over between the Rockies and the Padres. Total seven and a half for this game. There are some eights at over over eight, even money. But I like the over seven and a half in this game. You know, you've got Kyle Freeland and Nick Martinez here in this one. And when you look at the Padres from last season, one of the things that they struggled with was batting against left-handed pitching. And Kyle Freeland is a left-handed pitcher. However, this year they add Xander Bogarts, who is an elite hitter against lefties. They add Nelson Cruz, who's been an elite hitter against lefties throughout his career. He's coming off of a down year with that, and maybe the aging curve is just getting to him. But this Padres team looks much better equipped to play against left-handed pitchers this season. And something else to mention about them as well is, you know, they only scored two runs yesterday, but they had 12 hard-hit balls against Herman Marquez. They hit the ball hard. They just didn't get the results for it in yesterday's game. Against a guy like Kyle Freeland, I think they should have some more success uh, in that split against lefties and also with some of the hard contact that they're going to generate because they have a really, really good lineup. One other thing about Kyle Freeland I don't like, and I talked about this yesterday with Herman Marquez, he has the big home road splits, right? Which is no surprise. He's bad at home, much better on the road. It is what it is. Coors Field presents a lot of different challenges. However, when you look at his road numbers from last year, they were better than most any other season that he had on the road. And I don't think that's super sustainable, especially because his left on base percentage on the road last year, 80.3%. As a pitch to contact, low strikeout guy, 80.3% is way too high. That is not sustainable for Kyle Freeland. And it was directly leading to his 308 ERA. I would expect him to be closer to a four ERA on the road. I think that starts here today. So I think the Padres are able to have some success. Now, as far as Nick Martinez goes, Nick Martinez was a much better reliever than a starter last year. As a starter in 52 and a third innings, 430 ERA, 359 weighted on base average against, gave up a 357 on base and a 468 slugging in a starting capacity. And as he turned the lineup over, that's when he had problems. Second time through the order, a 362 weighted on base average, a 413 the third time through, just 50 plate appearances, but a 400 weighted on base average is about the best in the league, you know, in terms of an individual player performance. So this is a guy that doesn't turn the lineup over effectively. His walk rate was almost double in a starting capacity compared to relieving. So I like the over seven and a half in this game here between the Rockies and the Padres. A few quick thoughts on the other games here. I got very close to taking the Mets over the Marlins. David Peterson gets the start in place of Justin Verlander, who's going to miss some time with a strained muscle in his shoulder. Peterson's a guy that I want to see some adjustments from. He was a 49% ground ball guy last year, but he's 6'6", and he's got an 80th percentile strikeout rate and 81st percentile swing and miss rate. If you start throwing more elevated fastballs with a guy who's 6'6", releases the ball very close to home plate, 
you start getting more fly balls, you start getting more swings and misses, you can kind of wean yourself off of the ground ball thing. Or you keep the ground balls with the sliders and you try to get fly balls and strikeouts with the fastball. I think the Mets are a smart team. I think that they're hopefully able to figure this out. So I will be watching David Peterson very closely early on in the season here. The Marlins also were the worst offense in baseball against left-handed pitching. They had the highest strikeout percentage against left-handed pitching. Maybe that changes a little bit with Luis Arias in there and and some of the other guys they've brought in and and a little bit of better health as well. Uh, They brought in Gene Segura as well, who's a pretty good hitter against lefties. But I do think that David Peterson is a guy that merits watching very closely early on in the season here, as does Jesus Lazardo, who gets the start for the Marlins. Uh, The Arizona Diamondbacks and the Dodgers game is pretty interesting here because you've got Merrill Kelly getting the ball for the Diamondbacks. Last year, he was great. 337 ERA, 365 FIP. But the Dodgers really smoked him around. He had an 825 ERA against the Dodgers in five starts last year. I don't like small sample size statistics like that. But there is something to be said about a guy really struggling for the majority of his starts against a pretty good offense like the Dodgers. So I kind of thought a little bit about Arizona at the big plus money price. But Kelly has a monster to slay in that Dodgers lineup, and we'll see if he's able to do it. The White Sox and the Astros is a really fascinating game here because you've got uh, Christian Javier and Lance Lynn. And Christian Javier, about a 40% strikeout rate against right-handed batters last season. Lance Lynn, very good against righties as well. I gave some thought to the under in this game. It's kind of a similar thing to yesterday with Dylan Cease, and he pitched extremely well against the Astros in that one all the runs kind of coming in the late innings in that game, but couldn't get to the total here because you get a fly ball guy in Javier. You got a guy in Lynn who will give up the long ball. You get a three run homer with a total of seven and a half. All of a sudden you're kind of in tough shape and certainly you'd be in tough shape for the first five where you can find an under four. So really good pitching matchup. Couldn't get to a side, but Christian Javier is a guy who his strikeout props will be very popular this season. And the White Sox aren't quite, as right-handed heavy as they have been in the past, but they are still slanted towards that side a little bit. Lastly, real quick here, the Guardians and the Mariners. uh, Filth fest yesterday. Luis Castillo was great. Most of the relievers were great. The one who was not was James Karinczak, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, This is an interesting one because I think you're going to get a lot of love for the Mariners here with Robbie Ray going up against a lineup that was awful against left-handed pitching last year in the Guardians. They do bring in Josh Bell. They do bring in Mike Zanino couple of guys that may help against Southpaws, and nobody knows who Hunter Gaddis is. So I think you'll have a lot of people tying the Mariners into Moneyline parlays today, uh, first five run line, full game run line, stuff like that. Certainly plausible, but I don't think Gaddis is going to hang around in this game very long. I think the Guardians will use the depth of their bullpen, kind of try to turn this into a bullpen game if they can. So that's why I shied away from the Mariners or laying any kind of big price, but You know, look, with only five games on the card, trying to be selective early on in the season as we're figuring out these pitchers, these teams, and how everyone is adapting to all of the rule changes. So the only play for me today, Rockies Padres over seven and a half. You can find minus 115, minus 120 is okay as well. Uh, Over eight at even money, not my first choice. If you can find a seven and a half, do that. But I think over eight at even money, still okay in that game because I am expecting some runs in that one. Remember the daily article over at vston.com is Monday through Saturday. This podcast is Monday through Friday. So I'll be back with you on Monday 
with plenty to talk about from the weekend, to say the least. But head over to vcin.com, check out today's article, check out Saturday's article as well, and every day, Monday through Saturday, over there at the website. So make sure you tune in again on Monday for the next edition of vcin Daily Baseball Bets. Rate, review, subscribe, wherever you get your podcast content. We appreciate any five-star review that you send our way. So hope you've enjoyed the first few episodes we've had here, and I'll talk to you all again on Monday. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.